Good morning, everyone. It's Friday. The world has not ended. Welcome to Kafaru Cast. I've got my good friend, uh, sniper extraordinaire and uh, anti-coronavirus uh, person, John Pinch, on the mic. <laughs> anti-coronavirus. That's right. It's not going to get me. <laughs> I know. Uh, I t- uh, yeah. <laughs> you want me to go on my rant? <laughs> we'll go on in a second. So, you know, all the rumors flying by the recent one I had was uh, the the Posse Comitatus Act. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but basically where it's like martial law, right? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I had that flying by me about, you know, National Guard. Nothing yeah. wrong with the National Guard, but the chance of the, an 18-year-old kid with an M16 in front of Walmart is slim to none because of a virus. I'm not saying it won't happen, uh, yeah. but I had, like, massive hysteria yesterday. And I'm like, look, for that to get pushed through would take a lot, like Civil War, like a, yeah. not, not a virus, right? Like. The National Guard helps, you know, they'll build camps and, you know, they'll help police yeah. things. And, you know, when there's a hurricane, shit like that. And, yeah. you know, I'm I'm not I'm not quite as negative, Nancy, as you on this. Like, it's there. <laughs> yeah. I just don't. Uh, man, it seems like there's a lot of panic for no reason on certain things. When I say that, I'm not discounting yeah. the virus. I'm just saying. I hear you. Buying <laughs> fucking all the toilet paper and all the ammo. Like, you know how many. Because. We're still registered under Kafaru Arms. Oh, okay. You know how many Jeez. fucking people walk in the door and say, I need a gun. Well, what type it's of crazy. gun? I just Any need a gun. gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've been talking to. I got obviously lots of friends that work in the industry. I was talking to a buddy last night. He called me. He was going home late. He lives in California, of all things. And he said it's nonstop as fast as they can go to sell anything that they have. Like people don't – guys don't have a clue. They just like, I just need ammo. A, He's like, do you have the right gun for nine millimeters? Like, I'm not sure. Like, he doesn't know. If, the guys don't know if they have forties or nines or forty fives. They're just buying ammo. It's like he said, people are out, just out of control. Oh, so. and so my um, uh, Dawson, who's a game warden locally, he said that uh, I probably shouldn't misrepresent re- represent him. <laughs> he called them idiots. How many yep. uh, idiots have bought a Walmart tent and they're gonna ride it out <laughs> into the mountains? It just snowed 14 <laughs> fucking inches at my house, and that's where these people are camping. He said Jeez. every place to camp, every camping spot was full of people riding out the virus. Well, it just snowed over a foot. That's hilarious. Oh, man, yeah. Dude, it's, it's you want to see the death toll stack up? Let's send everybody from Boulder up into the woods to go camping during a spring storm. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, uh, it's it's going to be it's gonna be interesting. Uh, did you see? Dude, it snowed a pile at my house. Did it? Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty, pretty crazy. I've got a very good picture of you and Ben uh, when we were on Baker for your oh, going live with John Pinch. It's your it's it's you're looking to the left in the fog. Oh, cool! The left in the fog. Yeah, dude, that that's the most. I don't know. We've been we've all been to some places, and that still is up there. It's got to be top top couple as far as picture esque places to go. I mean, it just the way the fog rolls in and the train. I just that place is awesome. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you you talk about um, I think uh, people don't you know, the (laughs) the reality of all of this, uh, I think, hits home for people that, you know, kind of like I love raccoons. They're cute. Why'd you kill one until they're in your wall of your house and they eat your cat and they're like, kill this fucking thing. Yeah. Well, what changed? Still a raccoon. Same raccoon it was last week when you didn't want me to shoot it. Exactly. Except now the same guns you hated two weeks ago. Now you want, like I was talking to a 
another friend we both know and uh, some girls he knows that are, you know, late 20s, 30s type girls that are anti-everything, liberal to the max. He's he's had piles of them in the call and asked him, hey, take me to a gun shop. He goes, help me figure out a gun. He said he took, he took a couple down there. He said it was so hard watching them touch a gun. He goes, he goes, you can't buy a gun. You're going to hurt yourself. Like, we're, we're the cart before the horse. The people that are like against it the most now want it with zero training, no knowledge, and they're buying out. It's just, it's so backwards. Like, I mean, I, I just go on and on about what's going on. But people are like, when you operate out of fear, you do dumb stuff. And there's a lot of dumb stuff going on right now. <laughs> yeah, there, so, there definitely I just, is. I don't know. I have a hard time, like, because, like, my wife's concerned, and, you know, all her friends are telling dumb stuff so i come home from work every day and so all right let's look at the numbers and so you look up cdc numbers and you look up like deaths compared to the flu and yes i know this isn't the flu i don't want to be ignorant but china's like got no new cases it's on the downturn they closed their last thing Three thousand people died from november to now which is the same duration as the flu season and generally they have fifty thousand people die of the flu and so it's it's still killing the old people or people that are sick just like the flu, like I just compare it the the economic damage we've done uh, for something that has a whole lot of hype around and not a ton of numbers uh, seems very strange to me. The, the people that have ignored the say the mainstream media lies about everything in the last eight years now believes everything they say in the last two weeks. It's like <laughs> which one is it? Like I oh, get it, yeah. it's potentially bad, and I understand, but. The numbers aren't adding up in Italy or anywhere. I mean, that's the that with the average ninety. I would look at something on Bloomberg. It was ninety nine point two percent of the people that have died have um, one or more existing conditions, and most of them have um, three or more. Fifty percent of them had three or more conditions before they got it, and they're eighty and older. The vast majority of them. So it's like, yes, it's the same thing that kills the flu. Is it sad? Yeah, but would the flu have killed them? Probably. Hey. I got to interrupt. All right. We're, we're live right now. Um, I'm, I'm rant city guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know that they can hear you cause you're not on, you're not on speaker. So for everyone tuning in, I got John pinch on the mic. We're uh, talking about the coronavirus right now. And, uh, I'm not an expert. And uh, yeah, neither one of us are, are experts. So uh, for those asking, it's John pinch on here. Um, uh, they can hear me. I don't know if they, I doubt they can hear you, John, cause you're on my uh, earphones. Okay. And uh, so um, I I like the, to thank the Academy, Levi Garrett and Jesus Christ, Kombucha and Copenhagen. Uh, so I was watching uh, Relentless Pursuit yesterday or uh, the Schlockmaster Tim Wells. Yeah. So I was going to do a spoof and I liked him. But, you know, when I'm in a hunting situation and be like, because he goes, you know, I, I shoot my animals with an Oneida bow. They go in my canyon cooler and uh, he does this <laughs> I could do a pretty good parody of that shit. Like I, I that's I, awesome. Yeah, you should while you're pulling out of dip and doing everything else. <laughs> be awesome. Yeah. So who, uh, who, uh, who listening now alive, um, feels that the coronavirus may be slightly overblown a bit. Um, that's what John and I were talking about. Uh, one guy said it's Corona syph- herpes syphilis. That's a new yeah. name for it. Something. Uh, kid sixty nine said homo. Is, are you deal. stating you are one or or I'm one? Because uh, you didn't put a question mark behind it. 
Um, just so a I'm statement. Confused. It's a Thanks statement. Thanks for the statement, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, that's awesome. One guy did message me um, out-of-the-box bike, non-custom. What's the best out-of-the-box non-custom rifle? That's got to get asked quite a bit. Yeah, that gets asked all the time. I mean, it's hard to say. They're all hit or miss on the factory side. I've said Tikas before. I've seen some I've seen some great savages. The, the problem – so – they're, everybody's getting better and better um, with their with their manufacturing um, standards are higher and companies I think know that guys a, a lot more guys are generally stretching things out where back in the day Remington knew they could produce garbage and you know two out of a hundred guys would care or shoot the difference or even know and I you know just a small percentage are gonna ring a ring a gun out and so now I think manufacturers know that there's uh, higher standards. A lot of guys, there's a lot better factory ammo. So guys can go buy good factory ammo and test a gun and see what it's capable of. And so I think that's pushing manufacturers to do better. So it seems like more and more guns are getting better and better. I've seen really bad guns from, from Savage, terrible ones from Remington. I've seen bad ones from Browning, but I've also seen really good ones from all those people. And so you know, I don't have like a list of favorites anymore. I just, there's a lot of companies that are doing better and better. What you get. Congrats on the with, big horn win, by the way. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> um, the, uh, what you, what you get with, with factory is a little bit of risk and what you get with a custom is mitigating risk. So ideally with a factory gun, if you could swing it is go buy a couple, go buy one, see if it shoots. If it doesn't go buy another one, see if it shoots and get a good shooting factory gun and then sell the other ones at a discount. If you want to go through all that hassle, you can definitely get a good shooting gun. The The custom side of things I like is because you're kind of ensuring you're, you're eliminating variables when you buy custom barrels and custom actions and good gunsmithing, you know, the chambers are straight, you know, everything's done correctly. And so for me, I mess with you know factory guns less and less and less because of what, what I do and the, and the connections I have. I get a lot of good product, and so for me, it's a time thing. Like I don't want to to not to be questioning the gun when I'm working up a load. You know, if trying to find a load for a gun, I don't want to be like, well, this doesn't shoot, but is it the gun or is it me? Like when you get all custom components, I can generally um, just kind of work until you get it hammering versus having that doubt in the back of your mind well maybe this isn't a great gun but like i said the factory guns are getting better and better and if you're on a budget it's definitely a good place to start so so um, basically everybody what john was saying is um he doesn't have a list of out of the box favorites anymore when you go with a custom gun you're limiting variables issues that you could have you'll a lot have a lot less lemons um with uh uh you know a custom gun compared to one out of the box the Seekins Havoc. Have you have you messed with the Seekins Havoc? Okay, um, Seekins Havoc. Um, I've heard great things about those, uh, especially those six five PRCs. I wouldn't. I don't know if I put the Seekins in a uh, you know in a factory classification. It's it's as close as you can get. I say it's like custom factory. It's like buying the like GA Precision Production Rifle. It's two thousand bucks, um, but it's definitely not a factory gun. It's a custom house gun. So. Only those with beta genetics are susceptible to the virus. That's pretty funny. I know a few people that are going to get it then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, I've never done this before, so you just there's a lot of questions coming through. Uh, yeah, it. Um, I think we got 168 on here now. Let me scroll back. Uh, 
Brute force sandbags, those are badass. So, uh, John, this guy here, sorry, Justin, to pull you out. That's the dude, he's a bigger guy. I never would have thought he would have made it. He backpacked his ass all the way into where we were mule deer hunting. He's the guy that filmed me about fall off the cliffs trying to shoot that deer. He also photographed me missing the deer. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, jeez. So thoughts um, on the Henry 3030. Oh geez, that's that's uh, that's too much gun for me. I can't handle that. So I don't know. <laughs> a great apocalypse gun. It's not going to jam. I'm guessing it's a lever gun. So go to town with it. How much cocaine and weed can you fit in a crater? A lot. You can fit. In fact, if you lose your job because of the coronavirus, you could definitely be a drug trafficker with the crater pack. I think now's the time too, guys, because with you know with security and everything stepping back, they can't touch you or frisk you. So it's time to run stuff over the border. So that's a good point. I think it's time to make some money. I talked to a buddy who flew through TSA yesterday with a gun. And so I've flown through with a gun, I don't know, 200 times. And um, every time I open the gun, check everything all the time. And he goes, I walked right through. They didn't touch me. They didn't open my gun case. They didn't look at anything that I had at all. And I walked straight through the whole thing. He goes, it was the craziest thing. So yeah, anyway, um, one guy said 260 over 6.5 Creed. And it's six one half dozen the other. There's no, I mean, there's. They're both the same. So, I mean, you could give an edge to a 260, but you're not going to notice a difference in real life. Uh, custom barrels are pretty much going to shoot the same for accuracy. Um, do you feel almost custom barrels now? No, there's still some differences, I think. But there's a lot. They're getting so, so good. There's a lot of, uh, I think, how, yeah, they're they're so good. I don't think that's going to be your, you're not going to get held back from that. This, Copenhagen. This sponsored is brought by Copenhagen. To you. Yeah, brought to you by Copenhagen. Hey, what we need to do? Well, never mind. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> I, know. I know. Hey, don't. No, I. All right. Now, goddammit. Uh, nobody, no mountain ops or Brian call comments on this live feed. Um, I, I'm trying to not say anything at all about any anything. So be nice. Don't don't put me in a corner where I start to twitch and I have to say something. There we go. There we go. Hello from Guatemala. Yeah, and don't and don't run cocaine over the border. That was obviously a joke, but <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'll do whatever I need to do to make money. Yeah. But um, let's yeah. see. What was your what was your favorite hunt of all time? Um, I mean, there's a lot of good ones. I've had I've had some funs that are some hunts that are more fun, some that s- suck, but are are really I look back fondly at. So it just depends. I've been Northwest Territories, and probably one of the coolest places ever. That's hard to beat that. Gotcha. Best way to contact Aaron Snyder. Uh, fuck everybody else got my phone number. It's seven two zero nine three seven one four one eight. Just uh, shoot me a text. Yep. Yep. For sure. Uh, Tanner. Yes, I use Spindrift. Coriolis. No. Um, Aero jump for sure. Um, I don't do full aerodynamic jump. That's that's kind of call it crosswind jump. If the wind's coming from left or from the right, it changes your bullet's elevation. Um, I don't go completely what applied ballistics says because I, sometimes I think they over emphasize their numbers, but it is a real thing. Uh, Coriolis, most of our matches are only like 12, 1300 yards and in. So I'm not going to miss a target on that. Um, the ELR guys are more into that 30 out of six. Yes. You can kill everything you want. Just shoot it in a good spot. So, all right, let's see here. Mammoth boots. I know nothing about them. Um, I try to stick with boots that actually boot companies that just make boots and nothing else. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, geez, some of these questions. Uh, best scope for six hundred and in. Um, I'm a big fan of buying more scope than you need. Uh, it has to track. 
um, what is the coronavirus? Yeah, I don't know. Um, the uh, so I would spend a lot of money. Um, I've been running a Mark V. Obviously, I'm sponsored by them. Disclaimer: um, You can get those on the used market. Like the three to eighteen is a great hunting scope. Um, you can get those used for a pretty good deal. Night Force obviously makes super solid scopes. Um, those are probably the two I'd recommend. Been a big fan of um, Night Force for a long time. Great, great stuff. But you could get they have an SHV line that's a little cheaper. Um, and the loophole side, I've used the Mark Fives a lot, and that's all at this point. I've shot the VX5 a fair bit, but um, not enough to have a real solid opinion on it. It worked. We shot a bunch of stuff at 600 yards and in, but um, I, you know, I haven't had one to ring it out. But the Mark Fives have been tanks, so kind of depends on your budget. If you're on a budget, look on the used market for sure. Lots of deals on on that side of the, um, with the different forums and, and Facebook groups and stuff. Lots of good deals to be had. Let's see, FMJ with a hundred up front or a lighter arrow with a hundred up front. I would go with a. I don't like FMJs because they bend, so that's kind of a negative for me. Trying to get no feedback here, so I'd probably go with a heavier arrow and a hundred up front just to get your arrow heavier. The one thing I found with guns, and John, you John will tell you, I I suck with a rifle. I, I mean, I can hit something. No, I- you can hit stuff, but it's not your wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, but the three animals I've shot in the last. 10 years with a gun where someone else's gun last minute one was a grizzly at 480 with a 308 one was a wolf on a dead runaway with the same 308 in the head and one was a moose at 67 yards so for me in the way that i hunt i <laughs> that was a with a one to one and a half to four loophole by the way on every one when i asked you i said hey i'm thinking about getting a gun and what caliber? And I said out to 500 yards. And then you laughed and said, whatever caliber you want, really. Like, what are your thoughts on people like me thinking of they're, they're going to shoot long range and uh, probably should just go maybe get a 30 out six and call it good and not unless you're just bound and determined to shoot long range. Um, just grab a three by nine and a 30 out six. I mean, I would I would do a little more than that. May- Mainly, I would choose calibers. 30 out six doesn't have as many uh, fa- good factory ammo as much as some of these new calibers. There's there's new ones that have very very capable um, factory ammo. Um, 6.5 PRC, 300 PRC, the 6.5 Creeds, um, some six mils. Hornady's doing a great job with a lot of factory ammo um, on the hunting side. So I would lean towards a caliber that you can get the factory ammo in, and that's way more than capable at 500 yards and in. So I would pick one of those calibers that has the good ammunition available, uh, and and then I would put a decent scope on it because you can be so precise so quickly now, uh, especially if you have somebody that knows what they're doing, just help you chrono it and zero it and get you get you a, a, a valid drop chart. Um, I think that's the way to go. I wouldn't just get a not six just because yes, anything will work. And when you're traditional ranges, you're fine. But the reason you kill stuff is because you're a killer. And so like, hey, we're just going to hit this thing. And you kind of, you have a, you have a basic uh, understanding of ballistics, especially with arrows. I mean, I think the more things you throw rocks, you shoot bows, you, everything you do, you understand drop and drift and, and you do that your whole life. And there's a lot of times in shoots where, I'll have a wind plan. I'll start a stage. It'll go out the window. And it's sometimes it's just intuitive. You're like, I'm going to hold right there. And it's not a number or a pre-planned thing. It's just like the, the, the plan you started with is so far out the window, but you've shot so much 
um, and you understand that wind moves stuff. You shot a ton in the wind. You've watched, you know, you're watching trad bow arrows drop. Grab a 308. The 308 is the equivalent of a trad bow in the gun world. So it's just kind of. Um, you would have laughed, by the way, when um, I grabbed that bullet and was doing the 308. Are you fucking kidding me? And I put it back in my pocket. And uh, then I was like, okay, 12, 36, 48, 50. Well, fuck, I guess I'll, I guess I'll just put the bear at the bottom of the scope <laughs> from the drop, you know? Because um, a lot of times I I would have to say, and I haven't shot a gun nearly as much as, as you at, with precision. I've just, an AR-15, right? That's the big one. Um, when you, I shot that pig the other day and guys were like, oh, he ran into your arrow. And it's like, well, when you shoot a stick bow long enough, it, like throwing a rock when you can see he was blowing at me and you kind of just naturally you start to lead shit when it takes out and it's not like uh, I was aiming at anything specific with a stick bow it's so much like throwing something you sh- you you shoot where you look and if I'm thinking he's going to be blowing out I'm probably going to lead it whether I mean to or not it is it's subconscious if it's going to happen yeah it's like throwing a football to a receiver or something I mean you're just you're, you're not you're not thinking about aim or calculating speed. You just have done it so many times. It's just natural. Yeah, it's so. like, oh, that receiver ran into the ball. Well, yeah, it's just, that's what he did. I mean, he was running to it. What five-pin slider would you suggest from Spot Hog? Um, man, I, I just, uh, I'm not a fan of the uh, that new one, the Fast Eddie. Um, anyone but that one I would suggest. And it's not a bad sight. It's just not beefy, as beefy as I would like it. Oh, some guy's laughing at your 308 as a trad bow. Um, <laughs> well, close enough. <laughs> it's about as close as we are. I mean, you can throw the thirty thirty in there if you want to. All right. So this live to grind said you have no idea what you are talking about. Six point five fanboy. Uh, I'm not six point five fanboy. <laughs> good ammo for thirties. I don't know what he's talking. I uh, I don't even know what his comments are. There's I don't, know. I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. Either. Um, you have no idea what you're talking about. Six point five fanboy. No, I don't have any six fives right now, but anyway, whatever. They're good. I'm just saying there's for guys that don't know what they're doing, there's some great factory offerings. So anyway, whatever. Gotcha. So if you were um pick your top three hunts, what would they be? Oh man. One that one that wasn't as fun during during it, but I look back pretty fondly was last year in BC. Um just the duration. I was twenty six, twenty seven days out there. And that, uh, definitely some ups and downs. And in the meantime, it's not always fun, but looking back, I was like, man, that's going to be a hard one to, uh, hard one to forget. Um, and then the Baker was a blast just cause you were up there and Ben and we were running around. It was a little chaotic and, uh, uh, kind of my, it was my first kind of big hunt and just, it was, it was, that was, I'll never forget that one. Um, and then the territories. I mean, I've been on a lot of good ones. Being seeing those brown bears, I didn't shoot one out on the peninsula, but I was on that hunt and being close to bears that big all the time was I mean, having sows and cubs in camp and then that was hard to forget. I mean hard to pick three. I mean there's so many good ones. But the territories is there's so much game. The scenery is so perfect. I like to take pictures, so it's like you're in a soft box for eight hours a day. Like the, the magic hour for photography is like four hours in the morning and four hours at night. So everything about that trip was just crazy. I mean, grizzly bears grabbing our packs to, you know, seeing sheep and wolves and 
everything, everything, giant moose. It's just the territories are pretty unreal. So, um, I mean, I don't know. There's some good ones. I've had some awesome mule deer hunts. I, it's hard to pick a few, but um, my Nevada hunt was interesting, unforgettable. But it was that was a painful hunt the way that went down. Um, I don't know. Hard to pick. Hard to pick one <laughs> or three. It is hard to pick three. I think that uh, when you hunt, um, you know, talk, well, you know, my background or whatever like i i did not ever plan on being any type of anything other than i just wanted to go hunting a lot um and so by as a byproduct i've now become in the so, uh, public's eye which is probably not a good thing because i don't have much of a filter um but i i much like yourself i did whatever i could to spend as much time in the woods and you in case woods and shooting competitions because of that when you're hunting, in my case, six or eight months out of the year, it is pretty hard to just pick one. Like that Alberta hunt is super fun, but there's no adventure in it other than freezing your balls off, right? But then you go to, I didn't hunt at all on Mount Baker, what, four times? I didn't shoot shit, right? I was helping, but I would choose to go on that every year for the rest of my life if I could, uh, a little less rain. Um you know, so it's it's difficult because so, some hunts I've been on, I didn't get to hunt and were, you know, amazing hunts. Yeah, same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's hard to pick them. It just, and there's so many variables. Um, but I'm just thankful I've been able to go on some, you know, hunts I never thought I'd be able to go on that are, oh, they're so fun. <laughs> what is this? Sterapins is chew cup. <laughs> Ster- you know, I tell you what, I've sterapins some nasty shit. A little much for a sterapin. Yeah, it might, might be. Uh, I don't think it definitely doesn't take the taste out. Frank's not Corona. He's Pacific code, isn't he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Corona D. Oh Lord. I'm trying to look through. Uh, I've not hunted with the ACC chassis. Um, it is definitely a comp chassis. That's the MDT ACC. It's there's, you can add a lot of weight to it. Um, although I'm going to take my kid on a hunt and I think I will use it. I'm going to weight it down. It's going to be a pain to carry, but I'm going to manage the recoil on the uh, 300 WSM on it so we can shoot a bear. So otherwise I wouldn't, um, that's a heavy chassis. So. Gotcha. All right. So we, we skipped over a lot of uh coronavirus. Um, <laughs> Is this going to be a podcast or y'all just bullshitting? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It'll, it might be a podcast. I, the BHA one was supposed to go up, uh, couple days ago or yesterday and it didn't and um nate's gonna go home and and get that one up today and that was that's been an overwhelming amount of questions since i've done that podcast as well as the uh non-profit podcast so yeah that's been pretty crazy are all the comps getting canceled yeah there's a few um i just booked uh one to oklahoma next weekend so if they hopefully they don't cancel airlines i love flying right now so if y'all are scared just stay scared when this is over so i can still fly and i get upgrade the first <laughs> class for free parking's empty flights are dirt cheap so anyway there's been a few canceled um but yeah i don't know we'll see how it shakes out um i think uh well let's actually while we're on this subject um what are your thoughts on the whole BHA thing? Man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an expert by any means. I haven't kept up with it a lot. I've definitely listened to your, your podcast you did and I followed it. And, and years ago, um, I, when they first started, it was, you know, sounded like a good idea. And I logged on to, to buy my membership and send the money. And I started reading through 
some of the stuff they were fighting for. And this was right in the beginning. And I just couldn't, it really rubbed me the wrong way from the get go. Um, and it was just, it was some silly things about mountain bikes on, on some areas, um, or, or horses in other areas. And I was like, man, I, I just, some of the things they were fighting for, I was like, that doesn't seem like top of the list. Cause wolves were raging in Idaho. And there were some things that I felt like were some serious concerns with, um, bigger issues than, than keeping horses off some trails or some bikes off another, another trail. Um, and so there was a variety of things. And so from day one, I just was like, man, it's not for me. I never said anything about it and I didn't want to rip on them or whatever. I have no, you know, dog in the fight or anything. I just rubbed me the wrong way. There's other organizations that, um, you know, you got wild sheep and Rocky mountain elk and, and nobody's perfect, but there's a lot of good, good, uh, options out there that I've given money to. And so, um, I just didn't go that way with my money. So I'm not an expert. I don't have a lot to say about it, but that's kind of early on. I, I didn't. And that's kind of where I've been for years. So, you know how I get, uh, obsessed on certain things like photography or archery or whatever. Well, I got obsessed on nonprofits after the, uh, <laughs> so I, d- I did a lot of digging in it. Um, snowshoes any good in the steep hills get the ones with the the televators on them like an msr for climbing for snowshoes squirrel sorry about that um what i what i kind of found is when you look at sci rocky mountain elk foundation wild sheep society they didn't do a great job marketing to the lower or the younger age group and bha did a very good job with that now i'm you know when it when whenever this comes up Shit hits the fan, and how can you not like public land? And what? Well, of course we like public land, for fuck's sake. Uh, you know, of course we like clean streams. My biggest issue is, you know, they do get a lot of money or money from anti-hunting organizations, and they say it's for the greater good. So if you're okay with, like, the, the Western law firm, um, if you or some of the different organizations that are very anti-predator hunting— uh, in the case of the bear grizzly band in BC, one of BHA's partners is the organization that had a very big part of getting that band. Wow. And so they say working with them is for the greater good. If you're okay with that, and I'm not making a judgment call for anyone, I have trouble with that personally. Knowing that, like an, like SCI, for example, um, they have lawyers, they they have lobbyists, they they've shown me exactly what they've done and so has Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and so as far as is the BHA bad I don't think it's bad does that do I think SCI and Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation Wild Sheep Ducks Unlimited do I think they do more I do well it's proof you can prove it that they do and so I don't have anything against uh you know the BHA I just looking at it I found a lot of things out so I'm building a Boomer, 28 Nosler or 300 PR. All right. Long range deer coyote. I would, I think the 245 might be too heavy for the 300 PRC. The, the high BC you get out of that is going to catch up way, way out there further than you're probably going to be shooting at deer and coyotes. So I would speed up. I would see what shoots best between, you know, a lower two, 200 to 215 class. And that's going to coyote. The thing with coyotes is range. It's real easy to, if they're on flat ground to be off on range. And so you want as flat as possible. And that's why even the 28 Nosler with a, you know, the 180 ish 
class going real fast would help with not having your range perfect. So I don't, the 245, you need a big 30 cal to push the 245 to make it, to make it worthwhile. Eventually it catches up in the wind, but it takes, it takes probably, I'd have to guess, but it's gotta be around 1400 yards before you start to overcome, um, the lack of speed with the, with the higher BC. So you'd have to run some numbers. I'd run a little lighter for that. Um, if I was going to do a giant long range, I'd probably lean towards a 338 or a really big 30 cal with, um, with the 245. So where do you find a reliable drop chart for the 300, uh, WM? You need to know information from your gun. You have to know, uh, the speed from your gun. You can't trust what a box says. So you need to find a good chronograph. I would, uh, I trust the magneto speed and the lab radar hundred percent. Um, I would, I would get a, a solid velocity and you need a good BC and a really good zero. And then you can make, there's plenty of, there's plenty of the shooter app, Hornady Ford off. If you're running Hornady bullets, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of apps that you can put on your phone and enter that information and give you a very accurate drop chart for the conditions you're in. So, but you have to put a good info. You can't just take stuff off a box. If you put speeds that are off and BCs you're guessing you're going to be, you're not going to be uh, very accurate. So get, put a good, good info in and you'll get good info out. All right. So straight veins on a 21% FOC. If you are shooting 70 yards, I shoot offset. I don't ever shoot straight. So people need to understand when you talk about a you have to have something that helps rotate the arrow and with higher FOC, it will help pull the arrow, but you still want it to rotate to help correct whatever imperfections you have. My thing is what you lose from an offset, which is a little bit of speed because of the drag, what you gain in stability is, is far better. And so I always preach offset. You, you want to have some offset to help it rotate. Um, I think a lot of times, and I'm not saying in this certain situation, a lot of guys, guys can't even hit a fucking stop sign at 70 yards, and they're worried about offset or straight or helical. Learn to shoot your bow and then worry about the more finite details. Um, like, John, you've seen me shoot. If I shoot at 80 yards in my pin, my, my physical ability is the size of a paper plate, and I'm shooting at my physical ability and, unless I have a bad shot, that's as good as I'm going to get, right? I, I mean, I'm shooting inside my ability to hold the bow as far as punching the trigger and everything. I mean, I'm, I'm inside my ability. That'd be like taking a gun and uh, let's say we zero it and it's sub MOA. You know, I'm, I, let's just say I'm, I'm shooting, oh, I don't know, let's say inside of a one-inch group at 100 yards, but my ability at 500, because I flinch so bad, is far worse than the the... Uh, ability of the gun I need to work on myself not my my gear my I'm the problem which everyone has an issue no one can ever just stand up and say I suck I fucked up no one can ever do that and I I feel on that I'm very good at that to my own detriment because I blame myself too much and sometimes it is the equipment but in a hunting situation specifically if you ever watch somebody shoot a bow or a gun it's like when they, you know, have you ever like loaded, loaded around in, but you didn't, and then watch somebody squeeze the trigger and it looks like the exorcist, 
when they hit the <laughs> Oh, yeah. That happens a lot. I mean, I see it all the time. I mean, I, I'll catch myself doing it really, really minorly sometimes when I get lazy. I'm just running through rounds. I mean, you got to stay on top of your process and, and, and put some mental thought into every shot. And so, but yeah, there's definitely when, and that's the proponent of the guys are like, oh, I shoot at 300 rum and whatever. And I, I shot, shoot big guns. I love big, I've carried 338s forever hunting and I love them. Um, but you can learn a lot and get a lot better, um, get a lot more comfortable shooting, um, potentially lighter recoil rounds and, and training and not just shooting your, you know, your 300 whiz bang every, you know, a few times a year and thinking you're awesome cause you shoot a big gun. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people you'll see at shoots that they'll, will misfeed around and then they'll just jam the trigger and it just click. You're like, oh, okay, well, no wonder you're missing shots. Well, this is what I'm talking about. It says, but a parachute could happen. I tell you what, man, you live close by. Let's go shoot and show me your groups at 70 yards and we'll see if a straight or offset will improve because I've shot four fletch offset three-inch veins forever and to have the, the quote-unquote parachute happen doesn't happen. Um, I think you're worrying about things you Jeff definitely don't need to, to worry about. No, get gas strings. From my knowledge, uh, zebra strings are not great. Savage AR, any really, any good? Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I mean, ARs are ARs. They're all, I think at this point, they're all pretty good. A lot of the parts come from the same factories. So a lot of those internal parts, a lot of the bolts, a lot of that stuff is made by this, like one giant factory and ships out to all the distributors. So I'm sure they're fine. And AR, it's going to shoot, it's going to run everything and I wouldn't worry about it. Um, I did start shooting a piston gun. I shot a piston, one of those new Caracal uh, piston ARs. Those were pretty neat, pretty clean. I was actually pretty impressed with the piston versus the gas ARs I've got. So, uh, side note on that, but ARs are ARs. They all shoot pretty good. They're good for what they're for. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about too much. Um, speaking of target size, what do you consider ethical shot distance by group size? Uh, is he talking about archery? I mean, archery, it's, it's the same thing. The same answers for archery, the same answers for rifle, the same answers for a spear. It's, it's what you're, you practice and you're capable and you're confident in. If it's a wing and a prayer, then you need to second guess it. So in my case, like the Grizzly, I'd never shot the gun. I knew nothing about the gun. The equipment was not able to handle that shot. And I still took the shot. So that's definitely unethical. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you can say yes or no. If it's 400 yards and you have a familiar with the drop chart and you've got a big vital area and it's calm, you're like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I've seen you shoot enough to know that I don't like when I heard you tell me, I'm like, that's awesome. But I wasn't like, Oh, that was super lucky. So yeah, I mean, I, you could, you can make the argument and there's definitely people can make arguments shots I've taken. I've taken some long shots and they didn't go as, as planned. Um, you know, my goat didn't drop on the first shot. And although we thought it did by the way, and we should talk about that. No, I'm just- yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have, yeah. I mean, it was a long ways away and it was, uh, there was a lot leading up to that moment when we decided to take it. And how many days had we been on that hunt? I don't know. It was a couple multiple different trips up there, and I had been up there all summer. So I thought I thought the goat was dead when we dropped off the. What did it take to get over there? Four hours. It took us a long time to get down there, and we we just it, it, we hit it. We watched it hit, you know, just kind of high in the shoulder, and I was like, that looked good. And there was one more, and then. Um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to hit the horns and I was like, it was, it, we saw it bed down in the brush. Like, oh, that thing smoked. It just got hit with a 338. And then we got down there and it was, it wasn't doing well, but it was still alive. There was a little wrestling involved. 
they're a little little uh <laughs> handy combat but um and so that's i mean that happens it's, do i want it to happen no and it doesn't happen very much but it does and um the the shot was uh high and back so kind of top of lungs damage but it was you know obviously it was fatal but it would have it didn't happen fast so um the uh that is what it is i mean that's what i think the people that if you take the shot you don't believe in that's unethical yeah um the uh the people that pretend like nothing bad ever happens and they're the kings of ethics are the people that bother me like if you hunt long enough stuff happens it's not a perfect uh it's not a perfect thing i've seen guys lose animals 100 yards with rifles and i've seen people nice. shoot stuff at 20 yards with i mean i've seen some great sh- I, one of the biggest elk we've shot in idaho my buddy absolutely smoked it blood everywhere um it was quarter into a went in just kind of in in front of the you know the onside shoulder arrow did exited outside the back of the offside blood everywhere we gave it time um giant giant blood trail got in with the herd at the bottom of this huge drainage we tracked it for miles and they killed it um four weeks six five weeks later with a rifle and it was fine and it was i mean the the path there looked perfect and stuff happened so i mean i don't the guys that say nothing happens and they're the perfect examples of hunting are the guys that piss me off because i if they hunt long enough i think they're lying yeah and definitely lying all right, here's the guy agreed with the issues with BHA, but within certain parameters, don't we need a bit more of the greater good mentality? Yesterday, I said this would be the new mantra, the greater good. So the greater good of what? <laughs> All right. And, and again, I'm being serious here. If we had no other options, I could get I could get by with that. I could get it. But. Do your research, people. Look at what Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation has done. How much land they've bought, how many elk they've transplanted, habitat, what they've done, how much lobbying they do, how many lawyers they have. The same with SCI. So if you're talking about the greater good, that's like um, looking at it of, well, you know what? I've let three you know, mass murders in my house, but they're really good at landscaping and painting. So for the greater good of my house... Ah, fuck it, it's going to be okay. There's a boundary there that we need to look at of for the greater good, what do we have to lose? Now, if you look at it from the perspective of non-hunters coming over into our side, hell yeah, that's good. We definitely need that. But what I'm saying is, could we do that same thing without partnering or taking money from anti-hunting organizations? That's what I'm worried about. Could we do the same thing for the greater good without the bad? So when you, st- anytime I hear greater good, I start to twitch like I'm shitting out a choker chain because usually for the greater good means there's some bad shit involved. That's how I feel. And if it's for the greater good and you have to have the bad, then I understand it. But do we have to have the bad? Meaning, do we want to pa- partner with Patagonia when Avon Chouinard hates predator hunting, hates grizzly hunting? Ask him. He'll tell you. Fucking hates it with the, like, I hate mayonnaise. And we're going to partner with Patagonia because of the greater good of bringing some people into the hunting. Don't you think when we bring them over that they're going to make a stance that predator hunting is bad, that wolves into Colorado are going to be good, that banding grizzly hunting, totally blocking it for the great, that was for the greater fucking good. Really? No, I don't think so. (laughs) Do you watch what happened to Idaho? 
because I used to hunt low, low and 10. And when they introduced wolves, watching that happen and then being in BC the last few years and watching the BC band and seeing how many bears there are out there. Like, I mean, the greater, I just, oh, I get so fired up. I mean, how many times was the greater good used, uh, in, uh, in Germany in, in the thirties and forties, like Nazi, like for the greater good of everything. I mean, there's a lot of, I, I don't know. I get I get fired up about a lot of especially even with the I, virus, like the greater good. So we're going to crash the world's economy to save the people that are going to die from the common flu anyway. Like, okay, call me ignorant, but like where I'm a, a little fired up about this stuff right now. <laughs> no, I just I I get where the the concept or the idea comes from, and I think the BHA is I I think what they do is good. I'm not denying any of that. This is where I see people get so irate at back and forth at people. Most everybody I talk to doesn't disagree that the BHA is a good thing. It's how they're getting to where they're at and some of the choices they've made could potentially be bad. And, of course, public lands are good. right? Clean streams are good. Yeah, I mean, who's going to argue with that? But do you need to take $750,000 from you know, a, a, an organization that is very known to be anti-hunting. And then when you say, well, they're pro-hunting on some stuff, pro-bird hunting doesn't count. That's 10% of the equation. No, when you put that much money in, they're controlling what you're doing, the way you hit wolves and bears and the way you, some of those other things there's, we should, we should be dealing with wolves and wolves in Colorado is going to be an absolute disaster. I, I don't even want to get going. <laughs> well, I just, I've been in so many different situations where I've heard the greater good and immediately I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, because we're the government. We're here to help. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. The other way. Yeah. Oh, well, and again, in some ways, I, I, I get it. You know, like I go to different photography. Um, they're like these events where you all go out and snap photos for the greater good. I go along because I can be a voice for hunters and I can educate those people. Do I want to? Hell no, I don't want to go hang out with a bunch of, you know, liberal leaf lickers. But for the greater good, I do it. But nothing bad happens with that as long as I do my part. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, no, I, yeah, 100%, 100%. So it's, uh, and I mean, I don't know. You, As far as that, like I said, I'm not an expert on this, but uh, you, you can give money to, to those guys too, but don't, I mean, don't do it at the expense of other things that were like Rocky Mountain Elk and, and some of these other companies that are fighting against wolves and, and some of the, the what's the uh, Federation for Wildlife up in Idaho that's paying, you know, that's paying guys to trap wolves and yeah. covering their costs. Yeah. You know, that's a, there's, that's a good, uh, there's a lot of guys out there working hard. It costs a lot of gas to check traps and, and keep those wolf numbers down. But yeah, there's guys that are, they're making it happen out there and okay. it's helping the elders. Yeah. So is the wolves coming into Colorado? Is that for the greater good? I mean, we're not doing it. They're not doing anything to stop that. And again, Land and Ryan were great to talk to is a great conversation. I had no issues with them. They seem like cool dudes. I understand totally where they're coming from. Their, their opinion is, and they said it for the greater good, they will, they will work with other, um, organizations that are, are, are partly anti-hunting. I just don't think that that's a good idea. Do I think that converting people that are neutral over or, or trying to convert antis over is a good idea? Of, of course. But the thing is, is, well, I mean, let's say you invite someone to live with you um, in your house and, you know, let's we're talking about meals. Uh, they like one meal that you like, 
and then you like 15 they don't and they like 15 you don't, pretty soon you're eating the same fucking meal every day. Okay, well, what about the other 15? So if somebody is, is pro hunting, but then it's bird hunting, well, you're losing a lot of hunting when you when you talk about something like that. If, if they're just talking about, I guess birds and fish don't have souls is what I've come to the conclusion of. Like, uh, so, or if they're like, well, they're pro fishing. I don't know about you, but I don't fish that much. I'm a, I'm a hunter. So we're bringing them over because they're pro-fishing, which is also pro-outdoors. But then now they have a voice, and that voice is a lot of anti-hunting for big game. And I just I don't think it's a good idea. Um, again, like I said, if you're okay with all that, join. But SCI and Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and many wild sheep do a lot. Um, and, you know, you look at how much money's raised at the sheep show. Several million in one show and now yeah. that that oh, goes yeah. back insane. into sheep. yeah it's crazy so yeah yeah and that's we're gonna have sheep along for around for a long time because the people that like to hunt them have deep pockets so <laughs> but yeah. yeah i mean that's the wolf the wolf thing is um i don't i don't know if i'm getting older and i'm just getting more angry <laughs> in my old age but that wolf thing gets me fired up uh from people that have an opinion and haven't seen it firsthand like watching what happened in idaho was devastating like watching the outfitters that have operated with piles of elk for 20 and 30 years and having it go to effectively zero. I mean, the elk were gone. Um, huge salt licks that have been around forever. They hunted off of that were not a track in them and just, I mean, and there's still elk there and they all, they had to adapt and they're not going to go extinct. I understand all that. And there's a, you know, you could argue for the balancing, but man, it was devastating. And so watching that firsthand and then hearing people say, no, they're just, they only kill the weak and the sick. And I'm like, there's you there's so there's so much there's no common ground to even start a conversation on because you're so far apart on logic it's it's frustrating so well this who who to vote for president trump who is pro-gun but pro-mining and oil and anti-conservation um i would say that's a bit of a stretch considering of um how much land he's opened up if you actually don't listen to cnn and do your research um i talked to junior yesterday uh, and he gave me 100% legit, this is what has happened. To say he's um, anti-conservation, I'd say, is a bit of a of a stretch. Um, I mean, the other side is, you're right, yeah, let's go public land. You don't have any weapon to take on it because they've taken them from us, but we still have a lot of public land. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I mean, obviously, it's tr- everybody knows Trump's not perfect, but what are the alternatives? Would you rather have Hillary in there? I mean— isn't it better to let the BHA spend the anti's money than to let the anti spend on their own? Ah, man, I'd say that's pretty naive thinking. Um, you don't think, I don't know, dude, why don't you let me borrow $750,000 and see if I don't ever come back and ask you for a favor in return? That's the, that's the, <laughs> count. yeah. And, and I want to, def- I'll defend, I mean, BHA on this aspect no one's ever offered any of us three quarters of a million dollars. Uh, and I don't even want to defend it, but I mean, it's easier for us to sit here and, and say this, uh, that's a lot of money, No, and <laughs> and I, but it's, I don't, I don't agree with it, but, um, well, that was my I, whole point. I see what he's saying, but I, I, there's a lot of other good organizations, but I, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. That, that's kind of my whole point on the podcast, talking with them. If people are okay with that, I'm not going to tell you no. If you want to join the BHA and you you think that that's a good idea, I that's your own prerogative. I mean, I don't 
I don't care. I mean, that's up to each individual person. And, and again, the 700, well, you know, as well as I do, I have turned a shitload of money down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nothing to do with this, but with that money strings seem would be attached with that dollar amount. Just like if, if I talk to Leupold Swarovski and Zeiss tomorrow and Swarovski and Zeiss offer 10 grand and Leupold offers 48 grand. 48 grand's coming with some strings attached. 10, bit overlooked. Just go use our stuff. I only use that because we use all their optics. Um, $750,000 is a lot of money. And, and again, is it good to take it from them? If there's no strings attached, hell yeah, take it. You know, And, and again, what BHA, some of the things they're fighting for, I totally agree with. I just worry about the, um, the end outcome of what could happen with letting other people people's foot in the door. But I'm not anti-BHA. I just have concerns. Yeah, and I think I mean I think the main thing is if they were on you know be just be honest and upfront and say hey here's a list of our donors and this is what we're this is our mission. Obviously, some of these people will have influence and just and not try to hide anything. It, it felt it feels to me and I again I haven't really dug into it like you guys have and others listening, but um, it feels to me like some of it's tried to be obscured or hidden a little bit where some of the things are coming from. And I mean, if BHA just have a list of donors and. And if, if they can, and, and just be up front and let people make a decision, and that's fine too. So. And I, I will say they were pretty open on the podcast with me. I didn't feel – yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't feel, uh, you know, anything negative. I would say if they said, our, you know, the backcountry hunting organization and they lean far left and they're out for public lands, I'd say that's a pretty good statement, analogy – or not analogy, a pretty good statement, and, and I'd say that rings pretty true. Yeah, and no hate to my Texas friends, but I've been in Texas a lot last few years, uh, shooting and a little bit of hunting, and it there's, it sucks having all private land. Like I love coming out west. I mean, we have a lot of public. I'm a big fan. Um, it's you know Texas is the is all private, and there's you know I you know the more the merrier. If they can keep if BHA is helping keep more stuff public, that's great. But if they're going to shut down grizzly and wolves, then that's a balance. That's a cost I'm not willing to take at some point. Who cares? If you can go, if it's all public, you can go on there, but you can't hunt. There's no animals because the wolves have overrun it. Then I don't know. Well, and I, I don't, they talked about the North American hunting model. I, um, I, you know, and I, I get that the problem. Well, not the problem. Sorry, Dylan. I know there's a little bit of public. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. I know there's, there is, there is a little bit of public, but it's, it's a different feel. I, 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 all my buddies are. I like Texas, but it is it is way different than going to Wyoming or Utah or Nevada, you know, or Oregon, you know. So anyway, no hate, but it is. What's it? Two percent of? I don't know. It's. I don't think it's more than five percent of Texas is public. It's pretty small. It's a pretty small amount. That's all I was saying. That's actually he's got a key for six oh seven solution. Just if people want to be right, not listen. That's ah, pretty good. Yeah, I would. <laughs> There, yeah, I would say people want to be right and not listen. Um, I think that that's true. Uh, I can attest to that. Native Texan in my world opened when I learned about hunting in the West. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just I was in Texas a bunch, and um, yeah, there's just not, <laughs> if there's public land, 2%. I couldn't yeah. find it. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it is human. And I talk. It's two percent. I talked to some guys that hunt in public down there. They said it's a little bit crazy. They they feel. They say I feel in danger when I'm out there during, with, with with during gun season. Get but. you prepped for joining the military. That's right. Yeah. I'll cover fire. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think though over overall, like I've got SCI coming on Monday, and I'm going to have Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation after that. 
Um, my thing is just do your research. Look at what you don't join because you joined, went to a pint night and everybody was cool. That makes no sense. I mean, you can join for those reasons, but I mean, look at what you're getting into on, on all aspects. And so, you know, I'm a big fan of, of SEI, RMEF, Ducks Unlimited, Wild Sheep Society or Foundation. Um, you know, we donate tons of stuff to all of them here at Kafaru as well. And I, I would say what they do is easier for me to see with my own eyes. I will say that for sure. Like they, they are very, they can show you immediately what they've done. And when I say what they've done, it's a, it's very vast, very in-depth and, and, and very big. And so that, that for me, it was like a big eye opener. I was like, holy, I, they were doing shit. I didn't have, have any idea. So yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Now nah, you're kind of sucked in the middle of it now. Um, yeah, whether I that's want to be or not. the rest of the organizations, uh, I think that'll be cool. Public Texas is like Wasatch, Wasatch Front. Yeah, that's no kidding. Except not as pretty. Yeah, no kidding. Um, you know how many people I've get, got screenshots that are, are saying I shot that out out on a high fence? Oh, geez. I know, right? <laughs> like the videos and pictures weren't enough. Yeah, everyone's everyone's got an opinion. I'm slowly, slowly getting better at of, of, of ignoring uh, uh, hate. <laughs> I'm not very good at it. <laughs> the other day, I made the mistake of looking my name up on Archery Talk. Oh yeah, yeah, bad idea, bad idea. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you can't respond. You can't go like if you could just talk to that people or sit down for dinner, everything would be good. But you can't. There's no use even saying anything. Well, some guy, I was trying to figure out what they were talking about, and it was somebody told me about it. And I, I high shoulder shoot uh, when I was shooting 80, 90 pounds and like a 600 grain arrow. When I was close to a border hunting whitetails, I'd high shoulder shoot them like a, like a rifle. And that guys were blasting the hell, hell out of me saying that was unethical. I'm like, well, if it didn't work, I would only do it once. But it, it worked with, every with time. The weight of arrow and the and the weight of the bow you shoot, like doesn't blow through anything. So especially a whitetail. So you're not high shoulder shooting moose at the moment. That's funny. Um, good lord, I'm trying to keep up with everything going through my phone at one time, and it's a lot. This poor little thing's gonna melt down. Well, guys, if you don't have any more questions, not that we answered them all, I probably personally should go back to work. Um, <laughs> usually the people who have the least to offer have the most to say. Eh, I'd probably agree with that. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. So, hey, everybody, stop panicking. Good God, yes. <laughs> everything's going to be fine. Fuck up my turkey hunt in Nebraska and they close down the border. I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> Dude, yeah, seriously. Seriously, so... Um, anyway, I'm rounding up some parts for you on a gun. We'll talk about that later. I want to get you something built up for the next year or two. So see, there you go. People, John's building me a gun. That'll stir up all kinds of shit. Yeah. We're working on that. I got a couple parts here right now. So, Thanks. um, thank you, dear Slayer. I'm an American treasure. So it's John. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> oh, yeah, we, yeah, exactly. Oh, geez. Crossing the border. No matter what. Yeah. Get them turkeys. Come on now. Crying ain't got nothing on you. I, uh, I'm, I'm slightly worried of Ryan Avery. Every time I hunt turkeys, is it's just not good. The memes coming through are, well, they're comical for sure. But I just I don't see what people have against hunting turkeys. It's fun. Uh, I love I love Avery, but I love the memes too. So <laughs> yes, nothing. I need to do it because I'm friends with all these guys from Alabama and Georgia and Florida now, and from the shooting side of stuff. And they're like, "You've never hunted turkeys?" I was like, "Well, I've shot some, but I've never really hunted them." 
And they're like, oh, you, it's the coolest thing ever. If you like Colin Elk, you're going to love Colin Turkeys. It's like, all right. So I don't know. I, I need to do it. I, it would be fun to – I kind of want to shoot with a bow. but. Well, I'm going – I got those big turkey head broadheads. Oh, um, really? I'm going to try and shoot one's head off on film. What are those things called? Like the big old wide razor blades? The one I've got is a decap. There's a turkey necker, which I ordered some of those. And then there's the uh, uh, – Magnus bullheads. There's a bunch of different ones. Have you, have you shot them yet? Yeah, I did some slow mo video and I, I posted up, uh, uh, you know, on the Instagram. Um, I posted up some videos and they're. I got them dialed in. I mean, they were flying good. It's when they hit targets. Does it break the blades? What's TSD? <laughs> Fuck! I love those guys. Uh, I shoot into a pillow. Good dudes. What was that? I shoot into a pillow. Okay, okay. Yeah, all you right. can't shoot it into a target or it'll totally jack it up. That's why I have all those scars on my thighs. <laughs> oh, oh, good lord. So good. Dude, if you shoot one with one of those, you better get it in slow-mo. Oh, man. I uh, Uh-oh. It deleted. You're in the video? No, it does it on its own after a certain amount of time. Um, We've been on for 45 minutes, so it, it, uh, it ended. But anyhow... um. Well, I don't know if we got much accomplished from any of that, but it'd be a good <laughs> podcast. Randomly talked. Uh, yeah, uh, trying to think of what one thing. Well, I told I could talk to you yesterday. I'll throw it out there. We know we don't know a lot about it. I don't even know if I'm going to do it. Uh, there's a shoot that just got announced for next year. Um, I called last night. Talked to the guy that's running it for a little bit. I think I'm going to do a podcast with him tomorrow um on on our shooting podcast the vp precision one and he's doing this he's doing this competition it's a uh dollar entry fee it's going to be in eight different states over 20 almost a month 23 days 28 days not sure and it's going to be going to be pretty snipery so stuff i'm not uh, uh, proclaiming to be an expert at with some of the spotting observation kim's games uh i don't i don't even know everything some some navigation stuff and the, and then shooting so kind of the last couple of days for me my head's been spinning a little bit and being like i mean that's a big deal that's a ton of money and it's a lot of time but that's one kind of out of the norm competition that just came up i'm kind of it'll be interesting to see where that goes so i'll throw that out there something new but and, and that like the Kim's game is what I was telling you about where with the, the sheet, where they drop the sheet, you, you look, and then they, they cover everything, and you have to remember what you saw. Um, I think that's what they're referring to, uh, just like remembering details, basically. Yeah, and I don't know how they'll play that out if they'll say, hey, you know, a week later on when we were in Texas on stage four, what range and size was target two? Like, I, I don't know how extensive they're going to be. Like, so that stuff makes me nervous because who knows, you know, you, you might happen to remember something or you, or you don't just by happenstance and another guy remembers it for some reason. So some of that stuff is going to be hard to quantify or, or train for or, or, or plan for. But it, it, anyway, my head's kind of spinning. I, I did call you. I was like, Hey man, I'm, I, I can shoot, I can hunt. I'm, I like to glass, but I am not a military guy. I don't, um, I have no idea if, if I could train or, or practice for the skill set and, and be competitive and you were, you were, you were encouraging. So that, that helped, but, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see that get announced. That's a, that's a lot of money. So, Oh, $25,000 entry and a half million dollars if you win. So winner gets 500,000 bucks. I forgot to say that part. So, um, 
kind of a kind of a big deal. So uh, that's yeah. on my mind quite a bit lately. <laughs> I think that'll be. I think it'll be cool. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think. And I talked to him yesterday. He said next year he wants to go international, so multiple countries. Um, it gets get pretty crazy. So we'll see where it goes. Um, it sounds like there's already a handful of guys signing up. Five thousand dollar deposit right away, and so I'm trying to decide if it's. It's just a lot of money, and 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 second place, they they get nothing. So maybe a painful second. It'll be like a loan where you get too skinny, and then they just like, well, you have to go home because you're you know you're too skinny. You lost too much weight, and then don't tell me that before the thing starts. Oh Lord, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, yeah, you're too small. You got to go home. <laughs> no, I have to. I have to train pretty hard if I do it. But no, that's what I was wondering. Like, is it going to be filmed like one of these? reality adventure race shows or something but you know i don't know it's in the early stages of planning it's a year and a half away so um we'll we'll see so that was that was something new um kind of interesting so. yeah no that's <laughs> cool well man we've been on over an hour i should probably go see what the heck is going on all right well thanks for rambling it's good to talk to you as always um i'm gonna go to work now yeah so. all right man take it easy thanks take care bye